thank you guys. Good morning. Um, we have the, the privilege to visit lots of different churches, and so we get to see more than probably you guys do at this one church. But I want to let you know that you don't often hear, as we heard at the beginning of the service, relax, uh, just receive the grace of God. So you guys have a, a really cool culture here that I have been sensing as we've come and visit every year that uh, you're here for Jesus, you're here to receive from him, and you can just relax. Uh, that's wonderful. You can't always do that at every church. So uh, it's, it's good for us to be able to visit and hang out. We're an overseas partner of Metro North, and we've been in Morocco for nine years. Uh, we are tired of living overseas, so we are coming back this year for six months, and our kids will go to school for this fall semester, and we're hoping to reconnect in a deeper way and get to hang out with people. So thank you for your hospitality this weekend, and it's good to see you. Uh, the series that the church is going through is Rediscovering the Church, and uh, today's uh, point of the series is uh, the church is a, a kingdom community. Uh, so let me read the scripture for our text today, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, Colossians 1, verses 11 through 13. Being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Let's pray. God, thank you for bringing us into the kingdom of your beloved Son. As followers of Jesus, it's hard to live. Uh, there's so many commands in the Bible that we, we mess up on, and we just have such a hard time uh, getting things right. And so we are glad for passages like this that remind us that we have been transferred uh, to the kingdom of your beloved Son. I pray today that you would help us understand what that kingdom looks like, uh, what do people in the kingdom do and not do, and uh, how do we live with a, a king, and how do we follow in your footsteps, your character. Uh, we want to be just like you. You're so good to us. Uh, help us to, to be transformed in our spirit to be the light that you have uh, put into our hearts. We want to be that. Um, please help this church uh, today and me uh, to hear your voice from the scriptures and to be transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting that I got the, the kingdom week because we come from Morocco and it is a kingdom. There is a king, a literal human king, and whatever he says goes. If he wants higher taxes, it happens. If he wants someone in jail, <laughs> it happens. Whatever the king wants happens. Um, in America, in the United States, there's a president and there's checks and balances. But in a kingdom, there's no checks and balances. The king has ultimate power. And so as we walk through the text today, I want us to think about uh, we have a, a civil relationship as being citizens of the United States, but we have a, another relationship with our heavenly king, and it's not the same. Whatever he says goes, and you can't talk back, and you can't disagree. You can disagree, but it doesn't, doesn't help. He's the king, 
And uh, we're going to see how that's wonderful, but also how that should really change our community. Um, so let me remind us where we are in Colossians. Um, we're kind of just taking a piece of a prayer that Paul the Apostle is writing. And, and sort of like a, a church like this, uh, there's a church in Colossae, which is like next to uh, Ephesus. And Paul would go around and kind of train people up in what Jesus is and what the good news about Jesus is. Uh, but Paul didn't go to Colossae. Uh, there's a guy named Epaphras who went here. And Epaphras was the one who kind of uh, shared the gospel and uh, discipled the people. And so Paul, who many people think is in Rome in jail, is connecting with Epaphras. And Epaphras is going and taking letters and, and communication to this, this church. And so can you imagine, you get this letter from the Apostle Paul, probably from the jail in Rome, and it's like, okay, church in Colossae. Imagine if it said church in Goose Creek or church in the greater Charleston. Here's the letter to you. I've heard about you from my brother Epaphras. So this is the letter that's coming. And in chapter one, Paul says, uh, I've never stopped praying for you guys. I've been hearing about you. And I pray, and I think Nate said this in his prayer, um, that you would live a life worthy of the gospel and be pleasing to him and all these different things. And so the part of our scripture is coming out of this prayer. Paul is saying, I pray that you would live a life worthy of the gospel. And this is the part that we get. And let's read it again just to remind ourselves. Uh, This is part of Paul's prayer, that being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So this is Paul's prayer. Uh, and he's just saying, I love you guys. I'm praying these, for the, these, these things for you guys. And it includes this aspect of a kingdom community. Um, kingdom is sort of a hard word. I uh, did a, a, like a discipleship training thing in Colorado years ago. And the name of the organization was called Kingdom Building Ministries. Uh, and even when we were there, he, he, he told us that consultants had told him, that's a terrible name. People don't really know what it means. It sounds like Jehovah's Witnesses with the Kingdom Hall sort of thing. Uh, you got to change it. And he actually has in the past few years. But he would always say to us, what is Kingdom Building Ministry? And he would define kingdom as a kingdom is anywhere where the king rules and reigns. And I always remember that. I thought that was a great way. Uh, we are in the kingdom of God if if God rules and reigns in our life, in our family's life, in our church's life. And the kingdom comes with some unique characteristics. I wanted to share a couple things that Jesus did that were different than the the world when he was on earth. Remember in in Matthew chapter 4, the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness and Satan tempted Jesus. And if you remember what Satan said, Satan was like, okay, here's my worldview. Uh, I'm going to trick Jesus. Uh, You're hungry, Jesus. You've been fasting for 40 days. Turn the bread, turn the stones into bread because you're hungry. Take care of yourself. Um, And if you bow down to me, look at all these different kingdoms. I'll make them all yours if you bow down to me. And so Satan has a certain way of thinking about the world. And as you know, Jesus said, no, man does not live on bread alone and only by the word of God. He, he, he said, the way that Satan, who in Ephesians 2 is called the prince of the power of the air, Satan's kind of over the, the, the kingdom of darkness. Jesus said no to the way Satan was thinking. Because Satan will give you lots of stuff. He'll give you bread and power if you just bow down to him. 
And Jesus, who is bringing a different kingdom, said no to the way of the world, and he's ushering in a new kingdom that is very strange. Uh, another instance in John 18, this, this is one of the craziest stories I've, I've read. Um, remember when Jesus was being betrayed, and on the night he was betrayed, Judas and the guards came, and uh, Peter was there, and Peter had a sword, and he thought that they were going to arrest Jesus, so he, he hit some guard on the ear, and his ear fall off, and then Jesus put it back on, and it was like, it was a really weird story. <laughs> but the point is, Peter thought, we've got to set up the kingdom, and I'm going to set it up by my sword. And later in that chapter, Jesus says, Peter, don't, you got to put away the sword. My kingdom, you remember, is not of this world. It's not a political kingdom. It's not a military kingdom. It's a different kind of kingdom. And so we today are going to talk about how Jesus is our king, and he's setting up this kingdom community here, and he wants to do it any place there's a group of believers. But what does that look like? Well, it's not like Satan. It's not like the, the worldly government, but what does it look like? And we have it in the text, and we're going to go through three points about what is the kingdom community and how is it totally upside down compared to what the world says to us. And if you're like me, uh, you're susceptible to being tricked by the world. You'll see commercials or you'll see other people like, oh, maybe I'll be like that. Oh, wait, that's not the kingdom of Jesus. And you get, you get kind of tricked into thinking, I'm just going to be one with the world, and we forget that the world is ruled by Satan and the kingdom of darkness, but it's invisible. And we just think the, king, the world is great, and Charleston is great, and South Carolina is great, and there's so many wonderful things, and it can trick us. And Satan tried to trick uh, Jesus, and Peter, even following Jesus, was tricked, and he didn't understand what the kingdom was. So let us learn today uh, how we, as a body of believers, can grow in being a kingdom community. So there's three points I'd like to make. Uh, number one, and this is in your, your bulletin if you'd like to take notes, uh, there's three ways that we can grow in understanding and being a kingdom community. And there's three marks. So the first mark, uh, a community is marked by strength. If you look at verse 11, it says, this is Paul's prayer, I pray that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So what does that mean, uh, strengthened? Uh, if we're going to be a kingdom community, we have to be strong. Uh, does that mean physical strength? No. Does it mean military strength as a church? <laughs> no. Uh, does it mean political strength or selfish strength or dominating strength in relationships? Uh, no. I think there's two parts of strength. Um, there's a defensive strength and there's an offensive strength. The defensive strength that I talk to my kids a, a lot about, not necessarily in the, in the realm of kingdom of Jesus, but uh, one kid will say to another kid, you're a baby. And the kid will say, mom, dad, this, my brother, sister called me a baby. And I'm like, just chill out. You're not a baby. Be strong. I don't say be strong, but it's kind of like, don't get so offended. And to be honest, we have been living in Morocco, so we've kind of been separated from American culture. I've come back, and maybe this is more of a college culture, but I've heard all these terms like, I've been triggered, or that was a microaggression. Uh, have you heard these terms? <laughs> that, that means someone said something, it's not really that offensive, but it's a little bit offensive, and man, I'm just, I'm all wrapped up in it, and I, it just ruined my whole day. 
Those people are fragile, <laughs> right? King Jesus is praying that we as a covenant community, a kingdom community, would be strengthened with his might. If someone says something and you get all offended about it, you're missing out on Jesus' mark of the kingdom community. Be strong by the power of his might. If someone says something to you, say, that's not true. I've been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of God. I don't care what you say about me. I, and and go, go on in verse 11. Uh, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Don't let someone ruin your day. Uh, because Jesus has saved us and given us a new reputation, you're invincible to anybody, whatever they say. They could say the worst things about you, and you could say, that's not true. I have a new identity. I've been redeemed by the king of the universe. So you may say these little things about me, but I'm secure in the kingdom of light and you can just go on with your day. Have perseverance and patience with joy. And this is incredibly hard for children, and it might even be more hard for adults, right? Uh, because we let things get under our skin, and we need to be a strong kingdom community and have perseverance and patience with joy. Uh, and that's the defense. On the, offense, on the offensive side, I sense that uh, what does it mean to be strength, strengthened or strong? Uh, we're not talking about a military strength or a physical strength. We're talking about a spiritual strength. And so what happens when the, when the power of God, which we need to pray for for ourselves, impacts us? I think clearly we see, at least we could say, the Spirit changes us by giving us spiritual fruit, right? Galatians 5. So we need to be strong in love. We need to be strong in patience and joy, all the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of them. So no matter what's happening in your week or, or in society, we need to be on a love offensive in the kingdom of God that no matter what people say or what people do, we are strong in love and joy and patience and peace. If you do not believe that that marks you as a person or as a family or as a church, repent and pray that the Spirit of God in power would strengthen you to be more loving and more joyful and more kind and good and, and self-controlled. Wouldn't that be a great thing if we all just were strong in those spiritual fruits? I think that's a great prayer that Paul is praying. That's the way Jesus, our King, is and has gone before us, and that's what he's calling us to as a kingdom community, to be a community that's marked by strength. I'm going to share an illustration. Um, can you put up that first picture? This is a, a pastor in Morocco who we have loved. Um, he's such a great guy. Uh, he loves to laugh, um, and I think for me, he's an illustration of how to be strong. His body is not strong. He, he has one of the worst healths that I've ever seen, his bank account is not strong. Uh, his church <laughs> is just such an ups and down. Uh, no one would say, oh, that's really a stable, strong church or something. Um, but I believe he epitomizes the strength of a kingdom community in his perseverance and patience with joy. And I believe God has given him great grace to be strong. Um, he has bad health. And in Morocco, if you go over the Strait of Gibraltar, the Mediterranean Sea, the next country north is Spain. 
and because of the health care is so bad in Morocco, he got a visa, which is really hard to get for people in Morocco, to get to Spain. Probably 95% or more of Moroccans never leave the country. It's just really hard if you're a Moroccan to get a visa to another country. So he got a visa, which allows him to travel to Spain. He went and saw a doctor, and he came back, and he was taking care of health issues. And people in his church, uh, I just thought this was sad, but I, I understand it. They said to him, other Christian, Moroccan Christians in his church said, Pastor Youssef, why'd you come back? Spain's like the promised land. You can, you can have freedom to worship, and there's health care. And in Morocco, there's just such persecution for Christians. You should have stayed in Spain. And he said, that's not the Lord's will for me to be in Spain. It would be easier. Uh, you can eat pork in Spain. <laughs> you, can, you can worship, and, and the police aren't going to give you a hard time in Spain. There's doctors in Spain. Uh, we have Moroccan Christian friends who go out of the country, and they're like, it's so wonderful not to feel the oppression of a 99% Muslim country. But why does Pastor Yusuf come back to Morocco? It's because he's saying no to the kingdom of this world that says, do it for yourself, do it for money, do it for comfort, and live the easy life. He, he says, actually, uh, to live in the kingdom is to say no to self and to be strong in perseverance and patience and joy. Isn't that great? Please pray for our brother Yusuf. Uh, point number two, uh, a community is marked by gratitude. Uh, in verse uh, 12, the next verse, it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Uh, this, is, this is a radical statement. If you imagine we're, the, the prayer that Paul's praying and the letter that he's sending is for the church in Colossae. This is a kind of a Greco-Roman Gentile church. And so Paul is using Old Testament Jewish language. Do you catch that? In verse 12, God has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So they're not hearing just an inheritance. It's that they're receiving partnership with the saints in the Old Testament. So they're being engrafted as an equal into this kingdom. So there's one king and everybody else. But for the people of Colossae, that's great. You get to be in the kingdom of God. We get to have the inheritance from that king. That is something they never would have imagined. And the Romans would say, what, are you leaving the Roman Empire? Have you found a better kingdom to be part of? And so for, I mean, this is even great for us. Can we be honest? Uh, imagine you and me, we grow up and let's say we're outside of the kingdom of God, and then we read, God has qualified us to receive an inheritance of this new kingdom. He didn't say, you qualified yourself, you went to enough small groups at Metro North and you did it, or you went on a youth retreat, or you, you went to another country, or you did whatever you think is like spiritual points for you. God has qualified you, just because he loves you, to share in the inheritance. It's like, you get, it's like one of your parents or grandparents die, and you find out that there's this huge inheritance. 
I didn't even know. It's, it's too late for you to do anything. You've already gotten it. It's like, this is great. If you're going to be in the kingdom, and if we're going to build a kingdom community, we have to be marked by gratitude. It's like God dumps a truck of presents on you. Like the more you read the Bible, you're like, oh, wow, I get forgiveness. Oh, wow, I get union with Christ. <laughs> oh, wow, I'm seated in the heavenlies with him. Oh, wow, there's reason to sing every day because I've been uh, baptized and risen again with Christ. And the same spirit that rose him from the dead is in me. You just read certain verses, you're like, oh, wow, he's qualified us. If you do not believe that your life is marked by gratitude, I invite you, and we need to pray for this, that you would repent and rejoice and be grateful and give thanks to the Father in heaven who's qualified us to receive this glorious inheritance. Um, I, I, I heard, um, who's the pastor in New York City? Tim Keller, he had some guy who went to his church come to him and say, I'm thinking about going into political office or running for some office. And this is, I don't know if this is true. This, I think I heard him say this on some talk, but he said, I told him, you shouldn't do it. You're not joyful enough. You're a bad representation of the, of the kingdom of God. <laughs> well, maybe that's a little harsh. I don't know how he would say it, but it was kind of like, you're not joyful enough. And I just thought that's such a challenge for me. I, I think I often am cerebral and uh, I don't know, I just, it's hard for me to rejoice, and it's hard to me, for me to be thankful oftentimes. And I think we have to see this in this scripture. Paul is praying for them to be a kingdom community, and he's saying, you're going to be marked by gratitude. And so I want us, and this is a great rebuke, isn't it? Be more joyful. <laughs> Give thanks to God who's qualified us to be in this kingdom not everyone gets to be in the kingdom, but he's opened our eyes to see how good he is, and he's brought us to even church today, and there's no police outside oppressing us. Guys, we're in the kingdom of God today. Give thanks. You get the inheritance of the saints in light. Let me share another story. If you could put up the second picture of Moad. I didn't know if the first picture would, um, <laughs> would come out. He comes over to our house. He's a single guy in Morocco, he doesn't have his family. His, his mother died. And anytime we're doing something, like we have family movie night, and, and he'll come over, and he doesn't speak English hardly at all, but he'll, he loves doing our English family movies. He'll come over for Halloween. And uh, I believe God has given him a gift of, of gratitude and joy and just warm tenderness in his heart. Any, anytime I think of Moad, I think, he just is so thankful, and he's very poor, and he has, like, no social capital in the city. Like, he's just an outsider and a marginalized Moroccan Christian. Please pray for him, but I am so grateful that I get to see how he is marked by gratitude. Uh, we often will share uh, Bible stories with people in Morocco, and I remember one time with, with Moad, I forget what story it was, maybe it was uh, Daniel in the lion's in or in the fiery furnace or something. And he was like, oh, I've never heard that story before. That's so cool. And uh, you'll just share something from the Bible. He's like, I've never heard that. Keep going. Like, tell me more. <laughs> and, and there's just, I think God has just prepared his heart to be warm and joyful. And so 
We love our brother Moad, and we love how I believe God has gifted him with the ability to do what Paul is praying for the church in Colossae. Give thanks to the Father. He's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. This is a mark of a kingdom community. So let's go to point three. Uh, A kingdom community is marked by a new allegiance. Let's read uh, verse 13 to get that one. Um, He has, the Father, delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Uh, When you become a Christian, you often don't realize what's happening in the spiritual realm. Maybe you're crying, or you're happy, or you're confessing sins. You're like, what's going on? Uh, sometimes we read in the Bible, oh, that's what's happening. God is proclaiming that you are justified or propitiation for your sins or what's happening. But in the spiritual realm, he actually is ripping us out of the kingdom of darkness and transferring us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And so you may not know that your passport changed, but it changed. You're a citizen of a new domain now. But what comes with it is you have a new king and you have a new allegiance, and you have new commitments. And you might feel those in your heart, and as you read the Bible, you might understand what they are. Uh, But I want us to be clear, uh, a kingdom is not just we get stuff. We get a huge responsibility that we have to follow a king. And you have no right to determine what you're going to do with your life. You have no right to to decide where you're going to go to college. You have no right to decide who you're going to marry or what you're going to do. You have to say, what do you want me to do, King Jesus? I am in the kingdom, and I, and I report to the king. And he often gives us wonderful things to do, but you don't get a say over your life anymore. The people who are going to find life in this world are those who lose it. And the people who are going to understand this kingdom are actually the people who are going to take up their cross daily and die, and then they're going to find life. So when, when Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, he said, hey, Jesus, turn those stones into bread. Do that fun thing. Uh, oftentimes what we get from, from King Jesus is do that hard thing. Go to that person who doesn't have anybody to care for them. Go to that place where uh, it needs something to help. Uh, we are always called into service and to, to care for others and to love others more than we love ourselves. And this is because we must be marked by a new allegiance to a king who has total say over our life. I remember one quote, I can't remember the guy, some saint of old said, uh, there's not a single inch in all the world where God does not say, mine. And so I want you to think of your, your calendar and your, your checkbook and everything that you do. God, as the king, says, that's mine. And you have to say, well, what do you want me to do, God. I am in your kingdom. Um, I was thinking about what might the principles of this world be. Do you see that in verse 13? Um, he's, he separated us out and delivered us from the domain of darkness. Uh, what are the characteristics of the domain of darkness? Because I think they're pretty invisible and we don't, don't always see them. Um, I think they're different based on culture or country uh, or socioeconomic status or where you live. Um, If you think about America, some of the ones that we get tagged with pretty accurately is consumerism. Um, Whatever you 
want, you should just buy it and please yourself. That's, that's a principle of the domain of darkness. Uh, or like uh, what I mentioned earlier, being offended by everything. I sense that in this world, uh, there is a, a weakening of a belief in our culture that there is no objective truth. There's no absolute moral standards anymore. And with that going down, it's created a vacuum where now everyone has their own opinion about what is right and wrong. That is a principle of the kingdom of darkness. And you probably have felt that if you, well, I see it on Facebook. I try not to engage, but uh, someone will say, here's my opinion. And, and if you have any competing opinion, you can tell that two kingdoms are at war. And you're not supposed to say anything that's going to offend anybody. Uh, but I think Jesus, if we see through his ministry, he would go around offending everybody. He would call people whitewashed tombs. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't being uh, cautious with people that he, he knew needed uh, correction. So let's try to identify as we go week to week in our lives, what are the principles of darkness and what are the principles of this new king? And how does the Bible contrast with what we're hearing messages from the world? Um, and one note, coming back from Morocco, being in America, this is such a political time in our country. Uh, I want us to, uh, whatever your political affiliation, please s- subjugate, devalue your political opinion to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever it is, We have a new king, and we don't have a right to opinions that aren't set out very clearly in the Bible. We can say we sense this is good and right, but if it's not coming from the king, let's hold that with an open hand. And I think that will be winsome if the church can show the world we're not marked by this political affiliation or, or this club or this team. Our allegiance is to a new king. And I'm not really sure what that means for to answer this question or this question or this question. It's okay for Christians to say we don't know. But what we do know is we want to do whatever King Jesus wants for us to do. And that's a great answer. I don't know if it'll get you far in Facebook, but for the kingdom community, I think that is good. Let me share another illustration. Can you put up that other picture? Um, This is one of my wife's good friends, Nusha. And as we think about a new allegiance, uh, I don't know if I've seen a person who, who submits to Jesus as their king in, in, in such a radical way. Uh, Nusa, she's the sweetest uh, believer that we have ever met in Morocco, but she had such issues with her finances. She's been bouncing around from home to home for so many years. She tried to go back to her family who and they're all Muslims, but she was like forced out, and there was a physical altercation. I don't exactly know what happened, but uh, she just seems like a woman with no place to call her home. And we were trying to uh, counsel her on finances one time. It did not go well, but uh, we, we said, you need to save some money up and, and get yourself a home. And she said, but I have this ministry that I, that I feel like is really having a great impact and I'm giving food and I'm making food she's a great cook to uh, 
really, really poor people, homeless people and prostitutes, and uh, she calls it bread of life, and she's giving out food to people who are poorer than her, and she's homeless. And uh, we said, Nusa, maybe you need to take some of that money and get yourself a place to stay. She said, I will not do it. And uh, I just loved that she believes that her life is not her own. And uh, King Jesus is not calling her to wealth or health or comfort or ease. Uh, King Jesus was calling her to give out of her uh, scarcity. And so as a kingdom community, we need to be asking ourselves, what does King Jesus want from me? And maybe something even comes to your head. Maybe it's pushing against a darkness in your life, or maybe it's going on offense and saying, I'm going to serve the king in this certain way. Um, it may include suffering. Uh, if you imagine, if you think about all the disciples and the apostles who came after Jesus, think about their lives. It did not end well with them. They were persecuted and killed and run off and shamed. Let's not uh, submit to the kingdom of darkness in America by saying, I'm going to serve Jesus, but at least I need to be stable and comfortable and everything is in order. We have to be very careful that we're not submitting back to the kingdom of darkness. So, let's uh, review. There's uh, three points that we've gone over. Uh, as we seek to build the kingdom community, it must be marked by strength, gratitude, and a new allegiance. Let me close with this and then we'll be done. Um, Jesus came, he taught, he died, he rose again, and before he went back to heaven, he said to the believers, believers, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Do you get that? He's the king. All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. And this is what he says, his final words. Therefore, kingdom community, go and make disciples. Go and be strengthened. Go and be grateful. Go and follow this new allegiance. Be loving and joyful and kind and patient and persevering. And when the world comes against you, don't stop and don't give up and don't have a hissy fit for the day and don't be downtrodden and don't think you have to do it in your own strength, but be strengthened in the, in the glorious might of God and, and bring all the resources of the saints and light. You're in this new kingdom with a new spirit and a new allegiance. Don't give up. And wherever you go, make disciples and train and love and give, sacrificially give, just like I'm about, that I did on the cross. Like, go, 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 go. And maybe you'll go this way and you'll go this way. That's okay. Just wherever you're going, make disciples and live in this kingdom community. And you're all going to know me because you're going to look back and say, I'm the king and I'm here. I'm praying for you guys. I'm, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit and I'm encouraging you. Just keep going. So Metro North, uh, as you rediscover what the church is, don't forget that you have a new king and you're part of a new kingdom. And it's going to be wonderful. It may cost you your life, but it's going to be wonderful. So let's pray to this new wonderful king that we have in Jesus. Father, we are so glad that you have, have reached down into this earth of darkness and grabbed us and, and put us into a new kingdom of light with the saints. And we're qualified because of your son Jesus to, to share in the inheritance 
That's like too much for us to even understand or comprehend what that even means. Help us to, to be grateful. Help us to just give thanks. So I, I pray that even this church here at Metro North would be, would be seen in such contrast to the outside world that, man, these people are grateful. What are they so grateful for? And they're so strong. They're, they have such, uh, a, they're on an offense with love and joy and peace and patience. And you just can't rile them up. They just seem so secure in their identity as united with Christ. They must have some new king. Uh, I pray that that would become famous in, in this area, that the church has been bought by the blood of Jesus and they're never going to be the same. So please establish your kingdom here, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.